Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. The days are getting shorter now, and even during daylight, the sky can be an ominous shade of blue-black. And as we're all fond of saying at this time of the year, it's miserable out. It can be miserable inside too, as the less light there is, the more we risk developing sad seasonal affective disorder. And one suggested way of dealing with this is to write a letter to winter itself. Professor Hayden Lorimer from the University of Edinburgh joins us now. Afternoon, Hayden. Hello there, Sean. Uh, could you start by describing uh, a sad for us? In, in that, what way does it manifest itself in people, or can that vary? Well, sad is a condition which is maybe more common than we think, Sean, but it's often a hidden one in that people who experience sad often talk about a deep lowering of their moods during wintertime when light levels are low, maybe experiencing reduced energy levels, being a lot less sociable, and, and generally finding everyday life quite difficult. Uh, but, um, from your description, though, that, that sounds like kind of you're going through a bad patch rather than, you know, kind of have more profound implications. Well, I think that it's a mental health condition which can can be experienced quite um, acutely by individuals. That is, there'll be periods of time where they really feel low. And it's also one that if people experience sad on an annual basis, then has a kind of cyclical element so that at a certain point in the year, maybe, for example, or the weekend coming up when clocks change, that actually they'll start to anticipate the feelings that they're quite familiar with and, and that they struggle with. Mm. Now, I, like, is there any kind of rough percentage you could give us as to how many people might suffer with this? So the statistics I have to hand on are for the UK, and it's that 3% of the UK population experience sad. Now, the further north you get, and if you come up to Scotland, where I'm based, then the numbers increase um, with that, because obviously with latitude, you have shorter days and darker nights and longer nights. So it, it is a small proportion, but it's a significant proportion. And those are only the people, in effect, who are self-reporting. Mm, yes, indeed. Now, are there any indications that, it, 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 you know, for people who do suffer from it, 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 is there kind of some physiological aspect to this that maybe some people are more prone to it than others? Um, there are different ways, some of them anecdotally, to report on this, Sean. So it's said that um, maybe um, more women than men experience it, but it's tricky often to, to put an exact figure on that kind of thing. But I think that what's really important to acknowledge is that the, the profound and quite destabilizing effects that it can have on somebody's everyday experiences so that the folks that suffer from sad will say that, you know, getting outdoors is a real struggle, that the, the wallowing on the sofa is much more likely than stepping outside, getting a bit of natural light and beginning to feel better. So it can be a tough thing that people experience over quite a long period of months each year. Yeah. And, and so what would generally speaking be the kind of uh, roots in terms of treatment? Well, one of the staple treatments that um, uh, GPs will sometimes uh, recommend and that some people find beneficial is um, a sad lamp, which is, uh, in effect, you might have seen these. It's a blue lamp which creates an artificial form of daylight. Now, sometimes those sad lamps work for people um, more so than for others. Um, our project, and that's the project that I'm here to talk to you about today, is, is one where we have been trialling 
socialising SAD, uh, getting people to um, talk about their experiences um, with fellow uh, experiencers of the condition. Um, and really what we've been trying to see is whether it's actually the socialising of SAD which might actually offer an alternative solution for people rather than something like a SAD lamp. Mm. And now socialising SAD, does that take, can that take various forms? It can. So um, let me tell you a little bit about the work we've been doing and in particular what we called our Wintering Well programme that took place across autumn, winter and spring of, of, well, last year and this year. We brought together a group of 20 people who self-identify as experiencing SAD. And what we did was we got them to enter into a whole series of um, simple wee creative exercises which they normally did in pairs or trios, which invited them to undertake different tasks, sometimes indoors, sometimes outdoors. But the key to this was really getting people to share their experiences and to find a language to give expression to their sad feelings. If a lot of this stuff has remained bottled up for an individual, then there's a considerable release that simply comes from sharing it with someone else who, in hearing your experience, recognises it in themselves and feels validated in the process. Mm. And is part of that the idea of writing a letter? So that was one of the exercises that we had our workshop uh, participants do, Sean. So we thought there'd be some novelty and maybe a bit of playfulness and entertainment in writing a letter, in effect, to your enemy. What about if you were to write a letter dear winter and set down your feelings, write down what it is that, that, that winter does to an individual that makes them feel bad, that really challenges them. And in the process, hopefully having got those feelings out, there's a bit of a pressure release and also potentially also a, a way for people to begin to think differently about their relationship with that season of the year when levels of light are really low. The folk that did that exercise with us absolutely reveled in it. There was a lot of anger, there was a lot of frustration, but there was also a bit of dark humour that got put down in those letters. They're a really telling testimony to to people being given an opportunity to get their feelings out there. That was one of the really nice little creative exercises that we got folk to enter into. Because I suppose if you have to sit down and write a letter about it, you also have to think about how you're feeling and the various components of that. So that might help as well for the That's person it. to have a bit of insight That's into it. it too. That's it. So other things that we had folk do, which are kind of comparable, is that we had them keep a winter journal where, again, over the course of the passing weeks and months, they were able to write down their thoughts. They were able to take photographs and put them into their journal in different media, in effect, to record their feelings. But we also did stuff that invited folk just to spend a wee bit more time outdoors on a daily basis. So we had them, we gave them what we called sky frames. Now, basically, it's just a cardboard picture frame. But rather than keeping your head down, looking at the wet pavement, this picture frame was an invitation to tilt your chin up and look at the sky above. To take ownership of a patch of sky and to begin to look at the colours, shades, the changes of light that pass through that picture frame. Now, this is not rocket science, right? It's just a bit of cardboard. But psychologically, spending a bit of time looking up at the sky 
people, again, really appreciated that little creative activity because it was just about teaching people to view the, the, the outdoors a little bit differently and, and not refuse to look up at the sky, but actually to strike up a relationship with a patch of sky. Mm. The, the, I guess, because I imagine there must be uh, um, countries even more northerly than yours, the Nordic countries, etc. Have they done a lot of uh, work on, on SAD or, or are there strategies so- that could be learned from them? So there's 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 interesting stuff for sure. So um, maybe you'll have heard of the the Danish culture of of hygge, mm. which is all about lighting. Um, and so another one of the creative exercises that we had was inviting our participants to spend time thinking about how they might design a winter room of their own making. Um, now, what do I mean by that? Well, basically, it was getting folk to think about the natural sources of light in a particular room. So windows or skylights, and then to think about how the use of mirrors in a room or other reflective surfaces might actually multiply the presence of light in a room. Now, that's natural light. Hugo in Denmark also invites people to think about um, artificial lighting and how your use of artificial lighting, whether it be different tones of light bulbs or whether it be lighting a fire or having candles in a room, creates a warmth and an atmosphere that in effect changes the way in which a room is inhabited. So without expecting anyone to have a big budget to hand, we asked our participants to think about designing one particular room of their home and just changing it up a wee bit. That definitely worked. And and in part, that was inspired by, yeah, another European culture where people do things differently. Hayden, thanks a million for speaking with us today. That was Professor Hayden Lorimer there from the University of Edinburgh. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 pm with Energlaze on News Talk.